Hey guys, welcome to Cars and Health Bars. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about some good and bad habits that we see in the mechanic industry. Also, we're going to be discussing the past 10 years of Battlefield games with Tyler. With that being said, guys, let's get right into it. As you heard in the intro, we are joined by Tyler, a returning guest, of course, and uh, what better of a topic to talk about than what are some habits that we see from, you know, techs that, you know, maybe just started or are experienced and just carry on bad habits. That's where we're going to get into today. So I just want to kind of start out by uh, kind of telling you how we got into this idea of a topic. You know, I, I guess if you've been keeping up with the show, you know, my Dakota and my Camaro both have been uh, kind of under the knife here lately. And so I've been working kind of closely with Jordan, you know, learning some things he has. And uh, he's definitely showed me. Uh, I would say put me on the path of not having bad habits. Uh, if if you if you would agree with that, Jordan, I don't know what I've done that's good. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could just get I right into it. I mean, definitely the whole uh, torquing stuff to spec thing is a big thing for you. Oh yeah, you know, definitely anything any mating surface uh, like that seals up. I'm definitely torquing to spec. I mean, I even see you like torquing like wheels to spec. You know, like you you torque everything to spec is what I'm like. You're very. Uh, wheels are that. important, dog. You know, you might you might get away with the ugga duggas, but I'm not gonna say I haven't ugga dugged a lot of wheels on. But I don't know. I guess at some point I just started doing that. Yeah, well, you working hourly is kind of different. I, that's why I kind of wanted to see what Tyler has input on because you know Tyler, you're you know you go by the job. There's got to be days where you're like, man. I'm kind of behind. I got to just kind of guess on this or, you know, maybe not even torque it at all, you know? Well, like wheels and stuff like that, it's kind of an iffy thing. If I've got a, if I second guess myself 100%, I'm torquing them down. But if I yeah. know that, all right, I zapped them up, I'm going to run a walk through on it real quick, make sure everything's good. And we're good to go. Now, torquing anything, like Jordan said, anything mate and surface-wise, torque to spec. Go look at the book, look at a diagram, look at a torque sequence and everything else, because those are really important. Especially in, like, even as simple as an oil pan. You want to look at... That's probably one of the most important. Yeah, Yeah, but you want to look at how it needs to be torqued because you don't want to warp your pan. You don't want to cause a major leak or something like that. You talking about like a torque sequence? Yep. And then also RTV in the corners, you know, if that's like on LS, you know, your RTV in the corners of the pan to the front and rear cover, you know, any engine really, I'd say any corners, I would dab a little RTV. I don't even care if you're supposed to or not. I would do it just to be safe. Yeah. 100%. I remember uh, whenever we did my rear main seal, you uh, I'll never forget that. You pointed that out. You're like, man, these LSs are really bad uh, after so many miles of these rear main seals leaking. And even the uh, oil cooler. Rear cover. Uh, yeah, rear cover and the uh, the oil cooler gasket. Uh, the, the, and, and it was exactly right. Like I said, my oil cooler gasket is still leaking to this to this day. You know, oh, mine is too. It's just uh, such a common thing with LSs. But I kind of want to branch off on we kind of got into you know doing repairs quickly. Uh, 
you know, that's something that we saw, you know, me and you both working on the Dakota for the first time, you know, you have not really messed with that platform any either. And, you know, it's uh, it gets easy to, especially whenever you're putting stuff back together to get ahead of yourself. And, you know, you put a part on like, you know, just for example, like the air cooler and then, oh, you forgot to, you know, put something underneath that on or, you know, uh, put a line on that goes underneath that. And then you got to start taking stuff apart. Is that something that you kind of see whenever you, I mean, even if you're working on something you're familiar with, if you're just like not paying attention if you have that oversight and make mistakes like that whenever you're rushing trying to get something back together quickly 100 percent, i i do that to this day with stuff like even a c7 right like i pulled them i don't know how many c7 engines i pulled maybe five or six but i felt like i got them pretty far down and i still do like pulling motor mounts you know that's still something i struggle with and um, the oil cooler on those, you have to pull the oil cooler to pull the engine because it hits the subframe, and I'll still forget that sometimes, I notice. Yeah, I'll say that's even yeah, a thing with any trade, just like rushing is just not, not great. Like, I, for example, I was, uh, uh, I was doing a uh, punch repair at, at my job, and the uh, base that the, for whatever reason, the base that the punch sits on to be machined, uh, underneath the punch is where it says uh, which way it needs to be facing. So I had done tightened that thing down, had dowel pins in it and everything, and I was like, oh, which way does this face? I'm like, oh, God, now I got to take his punch back off that I done seated all the way on just to figure out which way I need to have it faced. You better believe I took a pencil grinder that thing after I got that untightened because that is the dumbest thing ever to have that written underneath the punch. But it's just small stuff like that that you can just, like, slow down and take your time with yeah i remember working at ford um i did an old change on one car and i was like i, du- I double guessed myself so i was like i did an old change on i parked it and i went outside i couldn't remember if i torqued the drain plug so i just grabbed a 15 wrench and crawled under there and tightened it sure enough it wasn't really as tight as i'd liked it to be it was snug but it, it wasn't really that tight i don't know if it would have came out or not but i wasn't risking it that's funny. Is that something that you guys see? Because we saw that on the Dakota not long ago. People over-tightening drain plugs. Oh, yeah. Dude, over-tightening drain plugs, over-tightening oil filters, everything. <laughs> now, one thing that I see as a technician, as kind of, kind of a senior tech at this point, I don't want to consider myself a senior tech, but I really am. Um, there is so much stuff that can be avoided just by taking your time like i get it you're flat rate you want to get the job done so you can make some money and money can be hard to come by being flat rate but what i try to explain to every new person is take your time on the first job you might lose you might lose out on the first job but the second one will come faster because you already know what to do and you paid attention in time you know, I got a perfect example of that. Door latches, dog. Huh. I remember my first fusion. I said, I'll never do this again. It took me probably three hours. Two, two, three hours. I mean, it just, I lost my ass so bad on it. And then by that second one, it took me like an hour and a half or hour. Finally, I got to the point where I could do them in like 30, 40 minutes, if that. It just takes time. It really does. Yeah, repetition, I mean, anything you do so many times, you start to get the hang of, and you can start, you know, cutting down on the time and everything, you know, I'm training some new guys at work now, and, uh, you know, I've I've been timing them to see how long it takes them to set up a machine, and 
I'm just like uh, sitting there thinking like, dang, I just don't, I don't know how I've done this so fast, but I've just gained so many tricks, you know, that cut down on my time. Uh, and it's just kind of, it's kind of cool to see people kind of take their own ways about learning that repetition and learning that habit of uh, what corners you can, uh, you know, kind of cut some time off of and stuff. Yeah. And that's what I like about working with someone like Haney or just really anyone because everyone does something a little different so you can always see you know there's always somewhere that you could change something up yeah that's always what i tell my new guys i i don't want them to follow me to a t i want them to train with me i want them to train the other two machinists i want them to formulate because that's how i trained i worked with three or four different people and i kind of took bits and pieces from each person and i kind of formulated my own way that's that's always what i strive to tell my guys is find your own way take bits and pieces from this guy this guy maybe you know throw some of your own stuff in there that you learned on your own it's always good there that's the thing that i like push big time is there's no one right way to do something in life you know there's so many different ways to do everything there you know yeah there probably are some things that that kind of doesn't apply to but it's like the old saying you hear all the time there's a million different ways to skin a cat agree yeah uh, I mean, me and Tyler, when we moved up to Tex, you know, we didn't have no training or nothing. We just got thrown to the wind. Yeah, I mean, we got thrown out there and had to figure it out ourselves. We didn't have, like, we had some techs that got the, what is it, the shadow program pretty much. Well, by the time we got moved up to a tech, we, they already stopped the program. So we kind of just had to figure everything out ourselves. See, I, I'm such a firm believer in that, too, because... I, I know people do learn by reading books, but it's just like, I just can't, I can't wrap my mind around that because uh, it just like the pe- people in my trade, you know, the, it's all CNC, it's all button pushing until you, somebody could watch me for six months, set up dies, but until they actually get thrown onto the machine themselves and they're the ones pushing the buttons, they're the ones in control. I don't feel like they're ever going to learn anything until they get to that stage. It's just like a, you don't learn that repetition unless you're the one doing it. I just don't see how people are book learners. I know you guys are out there, but it just uh, they're so rare in a skilled trade like ours, I feel like. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, I find it funny when people say, just look at the book, you'll learn. <laughs> like, uh, a lot of people don't learn just like that. Yeah. I mean, and that's the cool thing about working on cars is, you know, you got to take stuff apart to get to the problem and then put it back together. That's the, I feel like that's the best way to learn. Instead of looking at a book, you take the stuff off, you know, right where it goes because you were the one that took it off. You know, it's, it's disassembly and reassembly, you know. Well, yes and no, because like I could take a AC condenser off, but that doesn't mean I understand how the whole AC system operates necessarily. <laughs> yeah, we just know what common problems are, you know? Yeah. When it comes down to it, like, honestly, when it comes down to any type of mechanical work or anything along those lines, a lot of it is trial and error. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. It is. A lot of it is you put a, you sit there, you mess up. Like, there's no if, ands, or buts. You will mess up. That's <laughs> and it sucks. It does. Like you, you're gonna lose your ass, is what we call it. Pretty much. That means like you didn't meet the time that you wanted to. Yeah, or you broke apart, and you know, worst case, it could come out of your check. But as long as you learn that lesson, it's worth it, in my opinion. 
like you ain't gonna do that next time you know if you keep doing the same mistake over and over again you got a problem but you know it's it's like if i break a drill off you know i'm gonna figure out how that drill broke and i ain't gonna do that again exactly or you're gonna be very careful the next time you do it you're gonna be like okay so this is brittle i broke this last time that was expensive Let's not do that again. Yeah, it's like uh, Gavin, you know, we had him on the show not long ago. I'm training him right now. He broke, like, probably a fifteen or $20,000 tool setter, and, man, he was just, like, really beating himself up about it. I'm like, man, I said, that's fine to beat yourself up about it, but don't go too hard on yourself. You know, it's just, like, that's how you learn, you know. you, And that's a big problem we have at our places. These guys, they'll, they'll get in the habit of, like, or not really the habit, but somebody will, like, scold them for messing something up, and then they'll go to nights, and then they'll be like, well, I don't want to get scolded, so if I break something, I'm just not going to tell nobody. And then it's like playing Clue to figure out what happened. Like, if you just tell us what happened, we can figure out what happened and, you know, make it not happen again. Well, yeah. here's the thing that I – here's one thing is if you break it, Okay, I don't think that you should get scolded the first time you break it. You need to get talked to. Exactly. And be like, hey, man, that was expensive. That was a stupid mistake. And if you keep, of course, if you keep breaking the same thing or keep messing up the same way, obviously you need you need to get chewed. Yeah, But I agree. Hmm. If I... you break it the first time, have somebody teach you the right way to do it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh. I kind of want to loop it back to this, Jordan. This is something that you taught me, and uh, it was a bad habit of mine, 100%. Uh, you know, I'm not like this at work, but definitely in my own shop, I'm like this. And, you know, you saw it yourself, is uh, being organized, like putting your tools back where they go, making sure they're clean, you know, like just they're so much easier and more efficient if you know where your tools are. And I'll say that's something like you are very, very biblical about, like you are that that's that's in the 10 commandments of being a mechanic for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh if I don't know where everything is, it just slows me down. And it may not be like I'm not going to make no time, but it just to me, I'm I guess I'm a little more orderly than some people. I will have to say Jordan, you're a little bit more orderly than me. <laughs> I've noticed that. <laughs> Your top drawer is like I just couldn't now, when it comes to engine parts and stuff like that, I'm very organized. But when it comes to my tools, eh, I can be unorganized. I ain't going because I'm in a. When it comes to me putting them up, I'm like, okay, well, I'm about to grab these out again anyway, so I'm just gonna lay them right here, and then I end up forgetting where I laid them. Hmm. I do that all the time. So I mean, it's good to be organized. I'm just not. If I leave my tools out, I always forget something. That's why I put them back. With engine parts, I'm a lot better about. I, yeah, I'm like very meticulous about that. I I know where every nut, washer, push rod, everything. Is there any like a uh, bad safety habits that you guys have kind of came across with people who maybe have not the best habits as far as like lift safety or anything like that as far as safety goes with you <laughs> know, bad habits and being in a rush especially. <clears throat> Make sure before you try to jump the starter that the car's in park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's number one that Tyler has seen personally. Oh, did that happen to you, Tyler? Dude, I drove the truck off of the guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Broke his ribs, dude. God. Broke his ribs, everything else. And take accountability for what you did, man. Like, that's one big thing for me. If you're not going to take accountability, then 
just go on somewhere. You, you really can't learn from your mistakes if you don't take accountability. Exactly. That guy, that guy tried to blame me for it. Wow. We see that a lot. I'm, I mean, I'm sure every trade sees it. We, we see that a lot with us. It's like a dang, anytime something messes up, it's either a blame game or like somebody's trying to lie and it's just like, be honest. Like, let's be honest and fix the problem. Yeah, it's like, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. It's like, no. <laughs> but that reminds chill. me of we a did. side story. Uh, you mentioned you know, running over the guy. The uh, So at my work, you know, parking lot's kind of big. We got a lot of people there. So the welder, who's in my department, actually, he's a little bit of a heavier set guy. He drives a uh, big, I mean, like really jacked up fourth gen Cummins uh, six speed. He was either, I think he was getting out of it, getting in or getting out, one or the other, but he was, uh, which it's really jacked up, and he's not the tallest guy, so he's kind of got to grab onto stuff whenever he's getting in. He had done started it up. He was going to lift himself up in, and he grabbed it and pulled it in gear and fell down because the truck took off on him, ran over two cars, totaled both of them. Like, if it would have hit him, he would have got ran over. And the truck, his truck was perfectly fine after all that happened. Like, you could barely even tell anything happened to it after totaling two cars. That's crazy. Like, that's crazy. It totaled two and did nothing. Yeah. I, that's how lifted that truck was. It just, like, ran all. It was like a dang monster it didn't truck. It touch the body, dog. It just, like, the uh-uh. frame was like, yeah, what? Is <laughs> it like a 2500 or something? Yeah. Well, if it's a Cummins, it had to be. Yeah. yeah so. You got the heavy-duty frame. On, like, 37s on, like, a 5- or 6-inch lift. I mean, that thing was up there. Looks like a dang Sand King off GTA. Yeah. Dude. That's immediately <laughs> what I thought of, honestly. The <laughs> Sand King XL. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I remembered that. It just came up. Hmm. When so, I talk about Leaf City, though, I think... You know, I've never seen it, but I, my biggest fear is a car coming off the lift. Yeah, you see it all the time in Facebook videos, too. That's some scary stuff, dude. That's one of my fears, too, too. I ain't gonna lie. No, I remember one time when I was uh, still a loop tech, at the very closest bay to the service lane, I jacked a car up. Or maybe, I don't know if it was me or someone, but I, I looked under it anyways. And it only had three arms holding it up. The fourth one did not touch the body, but it was balanced. And it was a two-post. That was a yeah, I remember that. It's like a focus or something, I feel like. Yeah. Um another thing that I see is people not people just being careless about lifting even big trucks, man. Big trucks, it's crazy. Man, that's that big trucks sketch me out. Pole jack. So, people can be very yeah. careless. I think a lot of people don't use pole jacks and jacks and stuff as much as they should either when doing suspension work. Yeah, that's another thing with the, uh, man, you see all, you see some nasty videos of people trying to take uh, coals off. Like, that is the number one thing that, like, people get hurt doing. Yeah, I mean, it may not, like, kill you, but it ain't gonna break a finger or something. It ain't gonna be good. It's gonna be close to killing you. If you get hit in the right spot. That yeah, and, I think it could if it hits you in the right spot. Another thing I see people kind of doing, you know, sketchy is uh, how they blow up the tire. The They seat the bead using uh, like a brake or starter fluid and fire. Well, that's fine if it's on the tire machine, but if it's just laying on the ground, yeah, like, that's a semi tire, like a semi-tire, that, yeah. that is, yeah, that, that's where it gets sketchy. 
I think we did it with a tractor tire one time, and I was like, uh-uh, I am getting behind cover, like, dang grenade going off. I get that. <laughs> like, that is terrifying. So Put your finger by the bead. <laughs> yeah, like, nope. <laughs> so you guys both came over after being uh, lube techs. Were there any kind of, like, uh, bad habits that you had to shake going from being a lube tech into an actual tech? Hmm, let me think, because I'm sure there was, and I just probably don't remember. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now, too, because um, I'm sure I've done some stupid stuff and just don't worry. You know, uh, cleaning threads, cross-threading stuff, I'm sure I've done some. I know I've done some dumb shit with that. Definitely um, cleaning You know, I will, I will tap and chase a thread all day now if I got to. Like, that holly intake, they didn't clean, they didn't machine the threads out good, so... I went and tapped every thread for that throttle body because I was like, man, this thing, I know it's straight and it feels like it started, but I ain't gonna risk it. I feel like that is a bad habit for any trade that deals with fasteners is like, golly, people do not take the time to clean up threads. Like they will just keep running like it's terrible important, stuff. Man. It drives me nuts, dude. It's like, it'll it takes, mess up the torque rating if it's bad enough. It takes two seconds to run a tap down in a hole, but no, you want to like put a fastener. Like they'll, it's yeah. funny too. Cause they'll grab like a brand new bolt. Be like, Oh, I think the bolt's the problem. Then they'll just mess up another bolt yeah. sending it in the you know, like junk. It's like threads. everyone calls the tap and threat tap and die kit, the bad day box. Nah, it's no. a bad day box. If you don't use that. Exactly. Even yeah. like rusted stuff. Like it's so good for cleaning rust out of threads. It's just like great in general. Like tapping something is always a great idea. WD forty whatever in there and send it in. Here, dude, that comes back to take your time on stuff. Yeah, it does for sure. Because if you're rushing, you're like, I don't, I ain't gonna tap that. I've noticed you're very meticulous on getting old gasket off of any any surface, which, of course, if it's gasket, it's mating surface, but you are, like, very, very meticulous on getting every last particle off, you know? Yeah, you know what's funny? When I did my cam job the first time at Ford, I didn't remove any gasket material from the header block. Oh. I just threw a new head gasket on that bitch and tor- torqued it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Never leaked. Nice. Dude. Got lucky. At first, I wasn't meticulous about that, but, man, it, the worst feeling ever is having, like, yes, you're going to have comebacks. That's something that you messed up that comes back to you. You're, It's going to happen. I mean, all yeah. reality. That sucks, yeah. too. I hate comebacks. Dude, it, it makes you so embarrassed. Like, in all reality, you get extremely embarrassed. It makes you feel like you're just a trash tech it kind of demoralize you yeah there you go i was looking for the word i can yeah i can imagine that uh you know it coming back and you're like man i'm how you gotta be like kicking yourself like god how did i miss this how did i mess this up like just gotta be a million things going through your head or like you diag something and you think you fix it and then you know this issue's still there that's the worst Mm mm-hmm the diags are the worst because they're the hardest to fix. Especially with electrical diags. Yeah, I mean, electrical can be really complex. Like, you're going to have, yeah. like, we had a Corvette, for instance, that Haney was having a real hard time with. And it was like a PCM, like, CAN bus issue. And what it was was the CAN bus line for the driver door module was bad, and it was causing no communication with the engine. ECU and TCU and it's just crazy. 
Like it, it's something that you never would have thought would have even that a driver door module issue would ever correlate to. Yeah, I can imagine chasing down stuff like that. It's like the uh, window switch on the truck. It is just like an anomaly on what's going on with it. I've just gave up on trying to fix it. Electrical problems can just be terrible, man. Like, chase, especially chasing down, you know, some something might be grounded, you know, chasing down stuff like that. It's just, uh, I think everybody just hates working on wiring in general. I'll tell you what I think one of the best tools for wiring is that I'm going to have to buy is a power probe. They are so useful, man. Dude, you're not wrong. Um, to be real with you, electrical is very complex. It can total a car easily. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You you remember that one that got struck by lightning in the parking lot and it fried every module in that thing? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was sitting outside when it happened and I just saw like all white and I was like, oh, did I just die? Like, <laughs> I just saw all white. I was like, did I just pass and go to heaven? <laughs> nah, Doc. That, that's how y'all charge up the Ford Lightnings before y'all send them out. <laughs> Gotta actually yeah, get my mean? lightning. <laughs> God dang uh, lightning pole on it. <laughs> yeah. What do you call that? Lightning rod or whatever? Yeah. After it's struck, it's ready to go. Got a supercharged creeper right next to it. Those <laughs> things those things are a rolling electrical problem. <laughs> From factory. God. They have like the worst mileage of any EV I've seen. They really do. And that's why Ford's getting out of the electric cars. They're getting out of EVs pretty well. Yeah, I guess we should have had you on for that episode. We just talked about that not too long ago about how many billions of dollars they lost from the... Uh, I don't know what production line it was, uh, what production car it was, but how they just lost so much money having to pull out of all that. Oh, yeah. Which, I could have told you that. We're not to that... We're not to that advance, advancement in technology yet. Like, yeah. we're close. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I think they need to look more into hybrid vehicles. Like I think hybrid is the way to go, man. Dude, could you imagine a hybrid 5.0? Oh, God. Like a yeah. hybrid 5.0 Mustang. That would be wicked. No it'd doubt. Be, it'd be fast. Yeah, I mean, Corvette kind of opened the door for that. I'm sure we'll start seeing a lot more hybrid sports cars because that's just that's the only way for them to keep well, enthusiasts the, like, happy. I believe there's already quite a few hybrid sports cars. Is the NSX like that? I feel like the new NSX. Um, I know the McLaren P1 is a hybrid hypercar. Let me look up, because I'm curious. Yeah, it's got two hybrid electric engines, and it's got a V6 making 573 horsepower. Yeah, and they make killer power. Yeah, I think, quite... I think hybrids... Uh, I've always been more into hybrid than anything else. Yeah. Me too. But, yeah, uh, I guess we can move on to our gaming topic. I just wanted to hit on that. Kind of maybe give you guys who are either experienced or inexperienced kind of an idea of some bad habits that are easy or uh, not so easy to slip into. Uh, and I guess with that being said, we'll throw it to our gaming topic. 
So as you heard in the intro, uh, we're going to be talking about the last 10 years of Battlefield and uh, kind of what we have saw change between one to the next and kind of compare it to where we are now. Uh, I guess we could start out with uh, the first one coming out in 2013 uh, in the 10-year span, Battlefield 4, which, you know, as you hear repeatedly, Majordan still play to this day off and on. Like, it is still, it still holds up perfectly well. I'd say one of the best Battlefield games, hands down, is is gotta be Battlefield 4. Yeah, if you don't say it's the best, I, I can, I, I can understand that, but... I think it had the most impact on Battlefield as a franchise other than maybe Battlefield 2 and, you know, some of the early ones that really set the tone for it. Yeah, I think, man, Levolution's man, changed Levolution. so much. Like, that, to this day, like, that's the one thing. I remember back in that day whenever people would say, you know, COD versus Battlefield and be like, I am the kill streak. I can destroy buildings. <laughs> you know, if, I, if I'm shooting through the wall, why not just blow it up and not have a wall there no more? Like, it's that is the one thing that 4 changed so incredibly well going into 2013 era is the Levolutions, the high-quality multiplayer experience, the large maps. I mean, the only cons you could really pull about Battlefield 4 is the bad launch. But, I mean, like, that's that's so far in the past now. Like, there's no, like current con to the battlefield four other than the lack of player well i wouldn't even say the lack of player count but the player count is that is there are there dedicated fans that are so insanely good at that game it's like pretty difficult to do super well i mean you're you're usually breaking even or you know a casual player of course uh you know you're usually kind of running with the pack i would say yeah i would say uh, one thing, if we can kind of count Battlefield 3 and 4 together, because I think they're really similar, is the bullet physics and overall game physics was like a huge step up compared to the past, and even games of that time. I mean, you had people 1,000 meters away sniping 2,000 meters away. It's just crazy. And, you know, that only in Battlefield stuff really started in Battlefield 3 and 4. Like the Battlefield montages I'd watch as a kid. Dude, you're not wrong. I used to play Battlefield 4 on PS3, and it was such an awesome game. And you know what? I didn't even think about it. Battlefield 4 really had one of the coolest, like, uh, like if you were an achievement hunter, Battlefield 4 was there, man, because I remember doing the Phantom Operation and all that. I, I have to put to- so much time into that. Even it's just, just crazy to me. The C100, dude, even that was like the coolest thing ever, having the bipod yeah. knife. It was early a meme just from Battlefield Friends that they added in the game. You know that's where that came from, right? Like Battlefield Friends, they joked yeah. about it first, and then they added it. But it's crazy that That just that shows they did you that. the impact that they had. Like Battlefield Friends was such a phenomenon. You ever watch that, Tyler? What is it? Battlefield Friends is like this animation of people playing Battlefield. No, I haven't seen that. I'll oh man, you're out there missing it. out. Yeah, I'll have to look. It's into so it. funny. You know, I got onto a kick of where I was playing Call of Duty for a long time, but I'll be real with you, I've lost all interest interest in Call of Duty, especially after Modern Warfare Three. This last one, it's just a joke. Like it should have never been released. Yeah, hopefully, I think we're getting a new Battlefield either. It might uh, be this year, but I think it's next year. Uh, John can tell you. He's all about that. I think it's yeah, yeah. the next couple of years for sure. Yeah, it's soon. And 
I'll tell you what, I mean, even Battlefield 5, I wasn't the biggest fan of, but I played it and I enjoyed it. Battle, You know, that's the only Battlefield recently that I haven't liked. I liked Hardline, so I can't really say that was a bad game. I, you know, I, I really don't understand all the hate for Hardline. I loved that game. Yeah, it got a lot of unjustified hate. I couldn't understand the hate for it either. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I f- it was a vibe, man. Dude, a lot of people just hated it because they didn't have like the military themes. It was all, you know, uh, you know, cop warfare kind of, you know, heists. All That's that what made stuff. it so fun, dude. Yeah, it was different. People That's just don't like changes, kind of what I've seen. Like whenever COD went to the whole exosuits and stuff, you know, like people hated that so much. It's the same thing here. Like they strayed away from the military theme, and everybody hated it. You so, know what? I did hate exosuits, but you know, looking back, I did like I do like it now. Yeah, the exosuits. I I can't say that I do like. I'm still not a fan. Um, the only complaint I have a battlefield is no campaign. That's the only complaint. But it's still better than Call of Duty. Even Call of Duty's campaign, their new campaign is trash. Does twenty forty two have a campaign? I haven't even checked. No, 2042's online only. I feel like Battlefield 5's was kind of a joke. But Battlefield 1, I do gotta say, that campaign, that, that was good. Um, yeah, Battlefield 1 campaign was... Battlefield, Battlefield 4 was alright. I mean, it wasn't like... Ooh, it's so crazy, I'll have, but... I'll have to say, I like Battlefield 4 campaign. I really did. Yeah. Of course... I'm I a, like how you unlocked multiplayer stuff too. I think that should be in more games. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, it forces you to play the campaign if you want to have those exclusive weapons. I love that, man. Because somebody like me, I've never been big into the Battlefield campaigns, but it did force me to use it to get that Rex and you know get those different weapons. So I played a little bit of Force campaign. I didn't play it as much as uh, y'all have, of course. Yeah, I beat it on console. I had I literally I like, Battlefield Four. I, I maxed that game out. Literally everything you could do, I did on console. So my my thing was before I started on Battlefield, I never was really an online person. I'm still not, but I'm not a good online player. But when it comes to any game, pretty well, I paid major attention to campaign. That's why when it was out, which I think should be out again, like honestly, if they could, if they can make another game, it would make a lot of people like me happy is Medal of Honor. Yes. Yes. Medal of Honor Warfighter. And that's an EA game. Yeah, and it was such a good game. I played the crap out of Warfighter. I'm surprised you know about that. Dude, I played... I love the customization on it too, dude. You can really, like, customize it. And it had cool killstreaks too. It was like their take on Call of Duty, kind of. I really liked it. So, I've always been... I played every Medal of Honor that came from the Medal of Honor that was on Wii. Did you play the 2013, like the yep. the other Medal of Honor? Yeah, just yep. called Medal of Honor. It was like it was like Battlefield, but no, not as much vehicles, really. So that's why I really have a... That's why I really like Battlefield. It reminds me of Medal of Honor play, you know? Yeah. It has that same realistic feel, realistic warfare type deal. Bullet Until you see me launching a bogey across the map. Well, that's you, Joy. Not all of us can get those 50 kill streaks. No, I'm talking about I literally put C4 and mines under a buggy and blow it into the sky. Oh, no, I have not seen that. You can't do it on 2042, but on Battlefield 4, me and Josh, hmm. 
We need to hit that up. That's like the I can see that. That's the go-to thing to do whenever you're bored in a match that's losing. Yeah, it's like running right shield on Call of Duty. It's just what you do. See on a battlefield or any of them really. I don't really care the most kills of the map. I'm one of those people that I like to snipe in physics. I'm one of the assholes to sit back in the corner and just watch. <laughs> he is him. I I really am him. <laughs> I liked on Battlefield One you could get the pickup sniper. That was yes. really fun. The one hit kill one. Man, I'd abuse that you, thing. Dude, on Battlefield Four, do you remember like the Easter egg weapons you get a hold of, like the cross like the compound bow and stuff like that? Dude, I that's I the phantom that. operation, the bow. I got that shit. Dude, I it love It took me that. two months, but I got it. Yeah, it took me a while too. <laughs> But it's so it's so fun. It was well worth. It was. I like the pickups on Battlefield Four too. They were pretty well balanced, except for the USAS twelve on launch. And then Battlefield One had that flamethrower kit, and I love that. I think Battlefield One Revolutions were probably the best though. <clears throat> Battlefield One was really fun, and it was. The, I remember when that game came out. It was hype too. Like everyone was playing it. I played it. 24-7 like every time I turn on a battlefield yeah what year did that even come out which one uh, I think it was like 2013 nah it's probably like 15 or even later than that probably I what think. game is it battlefield 1 uh, battlefield was... 1 came out in 2016 I would say I knew it was like right around high school yeah Man, I didn't... yeah I, I remember specifically because we were playing it not long after it came out and I had my I think I had my intermediate at the time. It was, uh, and I don't remember what happened, but I just remember getting really mad. And I'm like, Jordan, I'm going for a drive. And I just drove around the lake for like an hour. <laughs> that game was so much fun, though. The biplanes, like the horse, man. The horse was so much fun during Calvary. Yeah. And that was like really so works. much fun. Like, that's way better than running people over with like a quad or whatever. Because you could just like take a sword to them. That's just so awesome. I really, I say, I would say one's pretty underrated in my opinion. I, I do too, to be honest with you. Like, a lot of people kind of criticize it because of its historical liberties were taken away from the gameplay. But, I mean, like, if you're that dead set on, like, historical accuracy, like, go watch the History Channel. Like, this is Battlefield. Play Hell Let Loose or something. Yeah, like... Yeah, like... I can get being upset at COD World War Two for having, like, these bizarre guns in the supply drops. But, like, Battlefield wasn't doing no crazy stuff like that. I know you had real weapons and vehicles. Yeah. yeah. I'd say Battlefield's Another always kind of stemmed to be somewhat historically accurate, especially whenever you compare them to other games like Call of Duty. Yes, and um, that's another thing. Like, the campaigns on Battlefield were always so, like, realistic fun. It had a great story. It had, like... The old Call of Duties, they had great stories. This new one, I tried playing it, and there's not many campaigns that I can't finish. Like, when it comes to I just can't stand to finish it, that's the game. I could sit through just, I've been through some awful games, and I can sit through them and be like, all right, well, I'm going to beat this. Bat or Call of Duty Modern Warfare, this new one, I couldn't do it. It was awful. Seeing the gameplay of it. 
So did uh you, you Jordan? Did you play five? Uh, I, I don't yeah, know I what you talked to. It's multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like uh the only like, thing that I kind of heard that was a kind of a con to uh, Battlefield Five was the uh, portrayal of uh, World War Two having like. Uh, I know a lot of people's gripe was having like women in World War Two, like so weird. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm the campaign was so focused on that. Huh. It's like people always have something stupid to gripe about, but yeah, that kind of topped the charts for me. I ain't gonna lie. Like, yeah, I think okay. they learned their lesson too because they really didn't push that after. Yeah, like they saw that was a negative for a lot of people. Why aren't they griping about Nicki Minaj on freaking Warzone? Yeah, I, I don't understand all that. Like, it goes from being a realistic shooter to, um, yeah, now we're going to jump around and, you know, spray and pray for no reason. Yeah, Nicki Minaj is busting it down for the finisher. Yeah. I, I don't get that. If you're going to put a celebrity, like, if you're wanting to play something, Fortnite, they got fam- they got Peter Griffin from Family Guy. Hmm. They got everything on there. I feel like Why they, uh, they they're just going in a weird, bizarre direction with that. Like, uh, people buy those packs, and it's like the uh, I wish they'd go the other direction of more like not really vulgar, but like uh, funny things like that. Like uh, COD had the uh, flipping off uh, emote. That like, dude, everybody bought that. If they just had like. Uh, me and my coworker talk all the time. If they had like a finishing move where you just like started teabagging somebody, everybody would buy that. Like, I wish they would go yeah. that route instead of like the crazy feel, celebrities. Honestly, I, I'm really surprised they don't put like they got the skins, but they don't push a lot of DLC like that. Yeah, I know. But that's that's the cool thing about Battlefield is uh, it's not a supply drop system. It's all in the battle pass, which. You know, like, yeah, you gotta pay like five bucks for it, or you could slowly earn the currency for free. Like, granted, it's a grind, but as long as you get to like, you know, level 100 in the battle pass, you'll have enough money to buy it again next time with in game currency. It's kind of dope. Like, it rewards you for grinding for sure. Like, I've yeah, never, see. I never spent a single dollar on Battlefield, and I'm like 300 credits, which is like nothing from buying the battle pass on my own, like, without even spending any money. Yeah, exactly. I'm a I'm a penny pitcher, so I don't spend a lot of money. Okay, that's just one of those things I can't I can't bring myself to do it. So yeah, it's nice that they give you that option. Like okay, so you don't want to spend the money, work for it. You know. Yeah, I like that about Battlefield. They don't they don't push the DLC. They don't try and you know it's really surprising because it's EA. It really surprises me. Because I yeah, EA being money hungry, and then you got Call of Duty over here. Like, oh God, just doing that shit. Yeah, yeah. Buy Nicki Minaj so she can twerk. For you. It's like, come on now. That's the greatest. The that's the greatest comparison ever. Is comparing those two. Whenever you know Battlefield people really cannot complain because if you get the bat, if you look at the battle pass, you are guaranteed to get certain items. But if you buy a dang supply drop, you got like such insane odds of actually getting something. This is literally gambling. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Uh, but yeah, we could go ahead and move it on to uh, 2042, which I I'll just go ahead and tease. We'll be doing a whole whole segment on uh, 2042 soon. I've got a, a guest picked out that has put insane amount of time into 2042. But 
Uh, Jordan has finished his build, so we are finally able to hop on 2042 and enjoy it. Uh, and we can kind of talk about that, what what Battlefield 2042 has done different. And I, I guess a lot of people talk about the weather. It really, I don't know, man. I feel like the weather is just kind of, they either need to go full send on the weather or not enough, because, or not do it at all, because it just seems kind of annoying. Like, it happens, like, once in a game and only in a certain spot in the map, and it's just, like, I don't know, it's just kind of annoying. It's like, oh, cool, a storm's here. Like, it's nothing crazy, really. It's no game-changing yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty pretty good where it's at. I think if there's any more, it would be too game-changing. It just yeah. seems so avoidable. Like, if it's hitting, like, that objective i'm just gonna uh, yeah if you objective. if you want it to be more like a challenge for people i get that but i'm talking about from you may not want it to interrupt your gameplay you're saying for, so it, it's it's good where it's at for a realistic standpoint uh, i i don't know i just think it's pretty good where it's at. i think if it's more like it would be harder to play the game it would be more like you're just stuck in the weather oh okay i see i could see that i could definitely see that so the, I, I could see him making it larger on the map, but I don't know. Not too much larger. Yeah, uh, I do want to hear what you Whoa. guys think, because this was a huge, huge controversy uh, on the route that they took with the specialists and having unique abilities to each specialist. Instead of being just a typical run-of-the-mill soldier, you are a special operator, and there's different ones in you know each class. I want to know what you guys kind of feel about that. Yeah, I don't I like the, I like that there's so many different abilities to choose from, but I don't like. I, I wish it was more like Battlefield Four in a sense. It, it was it seemed easier to identify people on Battlefield Four. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because sometimes I like is that like if you don't see the red on a person, you're like, is that enemy? Is that friendly? Oh yeah, I understand what you're saying now. Uh, one thing that I didn't like at first, but I really like now is uh, that. You can use any weapon with any operator class, which is a big thing that 4 did not have. Like, you couldn't run an LMG as a support, or, well, <laughs> other way around. Because uh, the support on 2042 is a medic. But, yeah, you can't use a LMG as, you know, a recon or <clears throat> uh, engineer. But with 2042, you could use any gun in any class. I'm not sure how you guys feel about that. I feel like, Jordan, you're kind of a, you, you'd probably fight me on that one. I like that. I like, oh, yeah. I wish Battlefield 4 I could use the ARs on every class because I love the ARs on there. Yeah, uh, I can I, agree the, with the carbines on Battlefield 4, I'm not a big fan of most of them. It's just a problem. If there is a way, I wish they did like a one of the, like what Call of Duty did when you could put that perk in that uh, basically you could have it. Yeah, overkill. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Uh, where your secondary could be a full size instead of a. Yeah, mate, they should have an operator do that. I'm really surprised they don't. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking as well. I was kind of shocked that they didn't do that, but I mean, it is what it is. Or in a sniper in like an SMG hmm. or something would be perfect. Yeah, exactly. I could see them using a realistic standpoint and saying, well, if we did that, we're going to have to make that operator walk slower or something because he's carrying, you know, two, two primary weapons. How realistic weapons. is it to have a fucking deployable LMG? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Or if you I have mean, to pick up a gun off the If it's supposed to be ground. futuristic, they surely could add some, some way to make it seem more realistic, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Or the, uh, what is it? Oh, if they're worried about realism, they could do like a 
I don't know, instead of us having to pick up classes off the ground, they just let us pick up singular weapons. You know what I mean? Yes, I definitely agree with that. <clears throat> yeah, cause... More ammo off the ground, too. Yeah, is so is that a new thing with 2042? Because I've noticed every kill a person drops yeah. an ammo pack. Yeah, but Small. it ain't much. Is yeah, the problem. it's like one magazine. Yeah, yeah if that, if that. I, I feel but like it is a new thing. I feel like in 2042, the support is like I wouldn't say OP, but that's almost the way to go if you're running infantry because you can have you have the opportunity to have both syringes and uh, ammo packs. So you're like the best of both worlds if you're running with a squad. Like you got both the hookups. Yeah, I can agree with that. And now, the quick revives too. I like the assault operators though, so that's my problem. Yeah, see, that's actually yeah. my least favorite. I'm just not big on the wingsuit and uh, the, the tax stem. I'm just not big on that. I'm not big. I'm not a big movement god. Like I like to kind of just uh, move traditionally. Like I, I don't know. I, I see. I like. I'm movement. Yeah, all the way. Yeah. Any game I play. Yeah, I kind of. I'm not a movement guy. I like to sit back and chill. I want to sit back and, and watch. I, that's what I like about Battlefield 4. It really suits a lot of play style. Or 2042. It really it does. It has. You have a different. A, a variety of stuff you can do. It's not just a singular you got thing. You that on Battlefield 4. You just got your classes. Yeah. The only people who sit back on there are UCAF spammers, and I just want to strangle them. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dude, I haven't played Battlefield 4 in forever, so it's one of those things. That has become such a thing with the players currently on 4. It's just like, that is just the move for them, is UCAV spam. It's like mortar spam back in the day, but now they're using UCAVs. Well, they, there's definitely mortar spam on Rush, if you can get in a Rush lobby on Battlefield 4. Oh, God. And, and sometimes it's just straight UCAVs, there is no mortars. It's just like 20 UCAVs coming at you. Oof. Yeah, see, I'm not a fan of it. Like, UCAV's fun, but, man, spam gets annoying. I can, yeah, I could see that. Um, I didn't notice there's an operator with an airburst on 2042, and I'm glad that is not, like, a class, like, or just a gadget that anyone can get. What is it? The the airburst gun that shoots, like, explosives. Like frags behind a wall, like it shoots them out, and does splash damage. Really, I've not seen that yet. Yeah, I think he's on engineer. I feel like. Really. Yeah, he. Yeah. He don't. I don't know. It's all right. I'm not too big on it, but I'm glad people can't just spam it because you don't get ammo yeah. for it. Like an ammo pouch, you get a weight and you get one mag. Man. Honestly, I'm sitting here playing Battlefield 2042 right now as we speak. <laughs> Hmm. I feel like that's one of, and coming from a guy who uses it, I feel like it's super overpowered is the uh, the whole regening your uh, stuff. Because, like, we come from playing 4, and, you know, way back in the day, you could stinger stuff out of a chopper in 4, and you can even still, to this day, shoot RPGs out. If you have someone's good with those and your passenger who's also repairing, man, you are a force to be reckoned with. But on 2042, you've got that tug missile. You've got that... Plus, it regens over time, so you don't have to redeploy or have an ammo pouch. That seems insane to me. That fact that you could just yeah. stay all game. And if you're good with that, dude, you basically got, like, an unstoppable force. Well, you remember that one dude in that attack chopper that had, like, 100 kills, and he was like, man, we gotta, we gotta drop what we're doing and take this guy out. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I had the tug missile and you had the stinger. We wombo comboed him. He had zero deaths until we came along. We said, we have one objective to finish this He had 100 match. kills and no deaths, and we was like, you getting one death. I don't care what it takes. <laughs> uh, I will kill my AD right now just to kill you once. <laughs> Dude, I, I get into those moods, too. The one thing, especially comparing four to twenty forty two, I would say I can agree with this too. The uh, the amount of guns is kind of sad because uh, man, twenty forty two is catching up because you got to think whenever twenty forty two first came out, there was none of those Battlefield three vault guns. It was just strictly what they had in there now. And man, compared to four, it's like not even a fraction of what four has. You know, there's so many weapons on there. I can agree. I do like how they have some of the old weapons brought back. I, I, I love a good that. amount of weapons, though. Yeah, it, I don't it's think better. It's like there's a, not a lot. Yeah, but at launch, it, it was a lot fewer. Like, I'm, I'd probably say half or close to half the guns. Cause, really? Okay. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of the guns came from just unlocking in the battle pass as the seasons came out. Like, the uh, VSS that I love, I don't know what it's called on there, but it's it's the Dragonov. Uh, it wasn't in the game from launch. It came in a uh, season, like, two or three, like, those guns have been really slowly. I get that. It keeps the game fresh, always giving out new guns, but it does kind of suck to not have... That's what Battlefield 4 did as well. Yeah, I just like to see a lot of guns from launch. You know, I, Somebody that's played the game for hours and hours and hours definitely gets bored of using the same guns over and over again. It was nice to see like the uh, like the rail gun get added, uh, the rail sniper, and the uh, 50 BMG, you know, guns like that. It's yeah. nice to see those kind of come in and change everything up. I can agree with that. I can agree. I like how you really got to level up to get a lot of guns, too. Yeah, and that's a grind. Yeah, that's a grind. Yeah, you don't get the option to really buy your... You don't get to be ahead of everybody unless you actually put in the work to be ahead. Yeah, I think... Like, I... if you put in that... What? Do what? what? Um, if you put in the work to actually be ahead of people, by all means, do your thing. Buddy, you you slaved for that. Yeah. But like, I just hate the. Again, I'm not trying to hate on Call. Of Duty, I just hate the fact that Call of Duty went the route. That... Yeah, I think even like man, it like you said, it is a grind. I just unlocked the last mag for the uh, pistol, the Glock on there, and man, I had to get like I think two or three hundred kills with it, and with a pistol, I mean that's putting in some dang work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's put in some major work. It's uh, it definitely. I would say, I would say, Battlefield twenty forty two. It's which I don't remember the grind on four, but I feel like it's more of a grind than any Battlefield to get stuff, especially getting stuff to like tier one. Oh yeah, I agree. But uh, I guess that kind of wraps up the past 10 years of Battlefield. Be uh, I'll be glad to see what Battlefield has next, because I feel like 2042 really... They, they did a really, really good job, in my opinion, as overall. They've, uh, they've definitely got it to a, I wouldn't say playable point, because optimization still ain't great for people who aren't on SSD. But uh, I'll say 2042, I'm super happy with. And uh, if, if the next one sucks, I'll definitely be staying on 2042, at least until they get the launch kinks worked out that every Battlefield has. Agreed, agreed. Now, 2042 has really set a standard out. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it so far. It's 
You know, I'm, I wasn't able to play it, but once I've been able to play it here, I, yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that wraps but up this, wraps guys. Up this uh, I'll throw it to an outro. We'll see you guys in the next one. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did. If you did, hop on over to social media, follow the podcast wherever you get your socials. Also, be sure to add us on Snapchat. We're going to be trying to do some uh, March Madness style brackets with our uh, Snapchat followers cars. And uh, if you want to be a part of that, add us on Snapchat. With that being said, guys, we'll see you in the next one.